You're listening to the Exchange Place Podcast. Welcome to another episode of The Exchange, where our hearts, souls, and ears come together for reciprocity and transformation. I am your host, Deborah Faith, and when we get together, we explore topics that help us to better understand ourselves and one another. The Exchange is my personal invitation for you to take inventory of your life. This is our space to be free, vulnerable, transparent. So live in it, learn from it, invite others to it, and most of all, protect it. Take care of it and it will take care of you. Welcome back to the Exchange Place podcast, y'all. Hey, y'all. This is the home for healing. And I am so, uh, I don't even know the words to say. I would say ecstatic about this new segment that I'm introducing to you guys. For all the oldies, the people that know the Exchange Place and the newbies, this has kind of been at my heart um, since I started the podcast, if I'm honest. Um, I always wanted to have therapists on the show. I'm pretty well, y'all know I'm pursuing to be a therapist, <laughs> and I love I love therapy. I really, really do. Um, and I found an amazing, amazing guest to bring on. So this will be our therapy Thursdays, and I pray that you guys enjoy it. And today we have who will who I think will become a friend of the show. She don't know it yet though, but she. <laughs> She, she about to be a friend of the show, y'all. Um, none other than Janae Harding. Welcome to the show, sis. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I am so, yes, I'm so happy to have you. Um, for those who, again, have been following The Exchange Place, I just want to connect because I always feel like The Exchange Place is also not only the home for healing, it's, it's a connection place. Um, and people love Brenda, so I gotta I gotta shout out Brenda, and this is Brenda's yeah. bestie. King B, <laughs> yes, we're gonna be inspired by it. Yeah, but this you're you guys are, are besties, and for such a long time, me and her, she was just like, I I think it'd be so nice for you to have her on, and I finally yep, she had, had been saying it too. It was so funny, and yeah. And yep came together i love it and i was a little nervous asking um if i'm honest and i'm always honest about that i was like let me see because i see you are first of all you are a four-time author um i want to say you yeah yeah. i'm publishing pretty pretty frequently yeah (laughs) come on girl now y'all gotta go and get her books and i I, i'm talking too because you know i'm a reader but i haven't got your books but i I, i'm i'm headed there so y'all follow me Please, please. They are filled with uh, mental health and, and Black stories and um, very, you know, just reminiscent, I think, of just, you know, old school storytelling. I so, love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of biased. I think they're, you know, amazing, but, you know, I get a lot of uh, very good feedback. So, you know, the plan is really to kind of keep moving, keep publishing until Netflix calls and says, let's make a movie. Let's do it. Uh, ask them if they need an actress. I'm a. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing everybody, every the whole team, everybody coming. 
I love that. I love that. I love what you are doing. I've been watching you for quite some time, if I'm honest. Um, just you. like, you know, it's super dope what you're doing and continue to do it. And now we are exposing you to my audience and my platform. And I just know that they'll be blessed um, um, for it. It's so funny because um, me and you had a, a off camera <laughs> conversation and you were sharing this season of the podcast, um, my podcast for those of you who don't know, kind of what runs in this Kaizen model. And Kaizen means continuous improvement. And I feel like in the healing space, it's a process and it's progress. Yeah. It is not a destination, right? So we always touch the healing um, area. It's always evolving. And then there's restoration and we are in the restoration season. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah. When we, yeah, when we chatted, um, it's interesting because my business, my therapy business is restoring your destiny. Yes. So, so it's just so fitting. Like we, we was meant to do this, sis. This is, this, <laughs> I was about to say, this, this is like, it's, it's like I, I, what I call right now, I feel like we're in the due season where mm -hmm. things are just literally, and this is the, this is actually going to be the theme, um, at least for this month. Um, it's called the pieces are coming together. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. Yes. So I just feel like we're really getting connected, almost like a puzzle of things and people yeah, that you're yeah. supposed to be um, connected to and what I like to call divine connection mm -hmm. at this point in life. Um, so I thought we'd start off um, this, this segment, this first segment, with something that is actually dear to my heart, um, but it's restoration of families mm -hmm. and especially the Black family. I think right. there are so many conversations that we have not had don't know how to have, um, don't feel like, and I'll talk about me, don't really feel like the the other person may have the capacity to have those conversations in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to talk about um, conversations we wish we would have had with our parents or could have with our parents or your caregiver because everybody didn't grow up with their mom or dad biologically. Yeah. So your grandmothers, we know in our families sometimes, you know, you end up growing with, up with your, your grandmother right, right, or your, right, your auntie. Right. Um, so I just, I, I wanted to talk about some conversations that uh, we should be having or the how in how we could have those conversations. Do you have any input um, on, I guess, having, ha having hard conversations with um, your parents or, again, caregivers that raised you? You know, in the essence of restoration, mm -hmm. um, it's again, it's so fitting that that is what, you know, my business is called. That is the space that you are in. And also in my personal life, you know, I would definitely say I'm in a restoration period with my parents. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, some of the main conversations I think that I wish I would have had would have been related to finances for one, and then also um, communicating. You know, I, I think in our older generations, you know, their communication styles are very much, you know, do as I say, you know, don't ask me no questions and, you know, like ain't no talking back or any of those things. But for me and the type of kid that I was, like I was always so big on words, you know, that's 
partly why I became an author. And I was just so big on, you know, that communication and asking questions and trying to, you know, figure out why, you know, this affected this and it affected that and, you know, how it all kind of, you know, came together to make me. And, you know, parents are just, you know, do what I say. I, I say what I said, you know, and, and that's <laughs> what it is. But for me, it, it, ushered in, I think, the feeling of I'm not heard, you know, I'm not listened to. And, you know, I think that's a feeling that a lot of us kind of have and, and it persists into our adult years. But once we get to a certain point as an adult, you know, at some point it transitions into every aspect of our life, our relationships, you know, our work relationships, our friendships, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's if that's something I think I... I am now having those conversations and it's in a very empowering conversation only because now I have the language for it. Whereas like I, I didn't before, you know, I love that. It's so funny. Cause I, I always said it's what I call my, what about me syndrome? Mm -hmm. I can still relate to that. Um, so I am, um, initially I was the middle child until I lost my sister for those um, on the show. I lost my sister when I was 11, almost 12 years old. She died in my arms and she was the baby of the family. Um, but I was, I grew up at least the middle child. My older sister also passed away, but I didn't know her. So I was like kind of the middle child, like a child that was like, also had tons of questions. People yeah. like you talk too much. Why you keep yeah. on asking questions where they almost, I just read a book about, questions and like how as adults we don't ask them as much because yeah. in our childhood there's something kind of taken away from us when you mm -hmm. question things too much and it's like right. I'm just inquisitive I really want to I, I want to yeah. understand yeah I've been I've been like that since a kid but no different than you in that area a lot of times I felt like I didn't have a voice or the things that I was thinking or wanted to ask at a certain point I would not because yeah. I have kind of been told, like, not shut up necessarily, but like you said, kind of being seen and not heard, stay in a child's place. And mm -hmm. it's a lot of um, things that I wish my, my dad's no longer here. So, I, of course, I can't have those conversations with him. My mom, who I love dearly, I've tried to have certain conversations with her, but I feel like sometimes she will take my inquiry again as either offense, which has uh, been, okay. yeah, it's like, did you do a good job? And that's not a question. My mom's an amazing mom. Like literally yeah, I would yeah. not be who I am, it. but it's almost a offense to her kind of asking questions or getting, I feel like sometimes my mom kind of has blockages from like her past when I, kind of ask her certain things or go to her for certain things. Like she's kind of, you know what it, it is. It's so, that is so interesting because I, I say that in therapy, like the way we remember a certain situation from our childhood versus our parents' memories of it are totally different. Like, mm -hmm. it's almost like, you're like, like, did this happen? Like, did we, did, did this really happen for us? Like, cause you see it a totally different way than I experienced it. So yeah. it's like, again, like which one is true? So there is no notion of true. Actually, it's just, you know, the gray area, you know, she sees things as black, you see things as white. And when really it may have happened somewhere in the gray area, but our experience of it is what lasts and what persists. Mm -hmm. you know? I love that. Like, yeah, and and parents, they're just like, hmm, that didn't mm -hmm. happen. 
nothing happened. Like what? I think too, like what you said, I, I do think that two things can be true at the same time. I think the, for me, I'm trying to like, again, it's not a blame thing, but trying to get her to understand it's, I'm not blaming her and more so get, cause I just really want to understanding like, Hey, why, you know, why, why did you function in that way? Um, we had an interesting conversation. This was probably about I want to say about three or four years ago, and this is when I really had started therapy and was kind of sorting through my own stuff. And I remember my mom, I would, this, this probably for those who are listening, please do, do not do it this way. Um, <laughs> Mama, please don't do it this way. Cause it kind of just came out again. I was yeah, kind of going yeah. through therapy. There was a lot of stuff going on in my life at that time. And I remember my mom calling me and she was just like, Oh, you know how you are. Mm. And it triggered me because what she was basically saying is like, oh, you know how you are. You do everything yourself. You, you know, and I was like, have you ever asked yourself why I am like that? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I kind of went into like the the 11 year old, almost 12 year old me who has, who had never had therapy, who had never, you know, at that point, like my mom had never asked me if I was okay. We just kind of yeah. went back to life. You know yeah. what I mean? It was just like, and I was really stuck for a long time throughout life, like you said, show, it's showing up in relationships with like, I learned how to be okay, or at least look okay. Yeah, there um, you go. Yep, look yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was kind of like my response, which wasn't a great response for those who were listening, but it just kind of blurted out. I was like, you never even asked me if I'm I'm okay. And at this point, I think I was probably, I, I probably was 40 at that point. Um, y'all don't be counting my age either. <laughs> but I probably, I probably was all, if I wasn't 40, I think I was almost 40 yeah. at this point. But I was like, I'm, you know, almost 40 years old and you've never to this day, you have an assumption that I'm okay. And I've, I've learned that from you. And she was so offended. Mm-hmm. She was I could like, see that because, yeah. you know, for her, nobody's ever asked her if she was okay. <laughs> You know, nobody's ever had even the notion to think like, hey, let me let me check in. Like, let me ask her if she's okay because so much of, you know, our generational stuff has just been keeping on, keeping on. Yeah. Like I listened to um a podcast a couple weeks ago and the guy said something that was like so profound to me that mm-hmm. like I've been telling everybody. But um basically what he said was, you know, in referenced of, um, you know how people say, you know, um, hold on, let me think about this, how I want to say it. So you know how people say um, the good old days, you know, Mm -hmm. like everything happened way back when, and this is how we used to do things back then. So he Mm -hmm. was saying how women in general, so not black women, not white women, just women in general have never had a concept of the good old days. You know, like we have always since inception, since whoever you know, brought us here, whatever we believe, you know, since inception has never, we've never had a concept of the good old days. We've been thought of as property sometimes. And we've been thought of as, you know, just the wives and the moms and the caretakers. And like, we really have had, you know, for generations had to fight for everything just to, you know, to vote and to, you know, divorce and to, you know, have, get abortions or, you know, all of these, you know, things that, you know, to us seem just, you know, a regular thing that we should have, but like, we've always had to fight for it, you Mm. know, since the beginning. So there's never been a concept of, are you okay? Yeah. Can I check in? You know, we just kind of keep moving forward, you know? 
So I guess in your wisdom and, and even in your experience, how do you think I can actually do a better job with that? Because I, I've tried, of course, after this conversation, not in that conversation, because that one. Didn't, <laughs> I, so I did. Let, let me just say this. I feel like it was not the greatest way to say it, but I do think it kind of opened up a little bit of like it gave me a perspective of what she felt in that moment. So when my, when my sister died in my arms, my mom wasn't there. I was. Mm -hmm. Um, And what she said is that she's always blamed herself for not being there. Mm. Um, And it gave me again, a different perspective. I I think since then though, it opened up, it's not like a wide opening, (laughs) if that makes sense. So I guess, I would like to know, and for the listeners who may have this kind of issue, maybe not the exact same issue, but like approach to parents, like how do you kind of think it's better for me to approach her? Because I've kind of tried to, when I try to talk to my mom about past stuff in her mind, it's like it didn't happen. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, nothing. Like if I'm like, mom having like a, a bad day and she's like, oh, I don't have bad days. I'm like, Sis, I didn't see you cry. Like I, like I remember as a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like watching you cry. I remember seeing you in spaces that I know couldn't have been, you know, good spaces for you. Like I'm looking for, you know, some motherly direction, but I think she doesn't see it, and I don't know. So, like, what what are some good? Are there any good tactics to kind of get more out of her? Yeah, I think you're actually doing it, you know, just by you working on yourself and healing yourself, you know, you are becoming the lighthouse for other people to see your light and to come to you or allow you to come to them and just kind of at least approach that conversation, you know, because if you think about it, like before you started doing your own healing work, you weren't in a space to even have these conversations with mom, you know, or if you were, it probably was kind of laced with like, you know, some, some slickness to it, you know, some spice to it. It was definitely a little spice. (laughs) It sounded a little bit different. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. as progress in your own healing journey, you know, you have become the lighthouse. So I would say, you know, just, just keep, you know, having these tough conversations. Um, One thing I will say is a lot of times when we say like, Hey mom, I'd like to sit down and talk to you and have a conversation that right off the rip don't work, <laughs> you know, cause like, think about us. Like if someone says, Hey, I got to talk to you about something later immediately. I'm like, no, call me right now. Uh, right now. Like, what's up? Yeah. So I think sometimes, especially with black mothers, we come in a little too hot for them. So if you guys are like just sitting back, like watching TV or like having a random conversation about like anything, you know, kind of make that a story or make that a moment for you guys to just kind of process, you know, things. Yeah. I remember one time I was watching, um, law and order with my mom, just us just sitting there, you know, chatting. And then we kind of started, you know, up a conversation about what we were watching. And I was trying to, you know, make sure I inserted certain questions just to see what her thought process was. And, you know, to see if like, maybe I could, you know, just poke it just, just a little bit to get her to think of things differently, but in a more non-confrontational way, because she thinks, you know, we're talking about the TV, but I'm really like, like, Hey, like, what do you, you know, you think about this, you know? I'm going to try that. I think too, it's, it's been not an urgent matter for me. My mom has been um, sick a little bit. Also, she's getting, you know, older, she'll be 75 in March. 
So I think I'm thinking like I've even tried and she probably won't watch this. So I can say I've tried like calling her and kind of having like regular conversation, but like asking questions and recording her. Cause again, I have this and maybe it's a, you're a therapist, so you probably can, you know, I've a lot, my dad's been gone for almost seven years now and I just have this thing of just like, I realize people are not here forever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly taking pictures. I'm kind con- not that I, you know, I think my mom's leaving here anytime, but just, I know that today is not promised, let alone tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So I'm constantly trying to like, <laughs> kind of, yeah. you know, poke. <laughs> and I know too, it, it feels more urgent on my side because there's a part of me that feels that way. Like, yeah. You're not going to have her forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to have more of these conversations because there are so many conversations that I would love to have with my dad. Yeah. Now that I am, like I always talk to my dad, but there's so many Does, does your mom know the work that you're doing? She does. She okay. does. My mom is like, I, I think I'm in a family and I think maybe a lot of people can relate to this. So I have an older brother who's about six years older and um, my mom is very more catering to my brother. And I'm kind of the one that, and I've always been like that, even since a child, but like, I'm going to be okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm that kid. I've always been that kid. And now I'm that adult. How's the, how's the saying go? Like moms love their sons, but raise their daughters. daughters. I'm, I'm that. I'm 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 one hundred I'm one hundred percent that, and it's okay for I definitely through therapy I've gone through periods of time where I kind of I hated that part of it because I'm just like again that what about me type thing, and though I understand it I, I I feel like in certain spaces and places you do play a role and that's just not my role I'm not saying that's good or bad or you know would I love yeah. for it to change a little bit I think my mom what I will say is that she tries more now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just not, it's the, also the way that she was raised. So if a man, even with my kids, I have boys If my boys walk in the house, it's what you got to eat, what you, whatever I walk in the house is what did, what did you bring me? Yeah. And so it's a very oh, it's different so dynamic. Yeah. 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 And I don't think it's something that she does intentionally. I think it's something that was ingrained in her. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a necessarily a me thing. Um, and I don't take it personal. I just think it's just, she doesn't. She doesn't see me as needing help sometimes. Yeah. For whatever reason, she feels like she's done her job and I'm good. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and you know what? Like sometimes we we need to remind them of those things that like, you know, I you see Superman, but I'm Clark Kent too. You know, yeah. like I, I remember um, about a, a month or so ago, I had gotten an award from, from Martin Luther King Day. And um, you think... <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was a really nice event, and there was like a lot of people there. But I had told my family about the event maybe like two weeks before it happened, and so like they all assembled and they all you know got to the event, um, and they were all you know thankful that you know I had invited them. But the people that were announcing like during the presentation had mentioned that you know they had started planning you know months ago, and they had told the recipients months ago. So my family kind of looked at me and they were like, you know, well, you knew about this months ago. Like, why did why did you just tell us two weeks ago? And my whole family's at this table, and I said because I was depressed, you know, and I you know I was thankful for this award, but I did not have the mental capacity or the social battery 
to tell people or even to celebrate myself in that moment because like I was going through something. So I told you guys when I felt okay enough to do so. Now this is at the event, the whole tape, my whole thing. And this is what I said. And I literally watched them like kind of relax. Like, oh, she, she gets depressed. Like she feels some type of way too. You know? Yes, I do. So I need to remind you of that too. You know, I know you, you see me a certain type of way, right? But what you see is years of trauma, you know, years of me making sure that I'm okay and making sure that I'm stoic and making sure that, you know, I show up a certain type of way, but like I go through stuff as well, you know, and I need you to know that. I love that. I, I love that. For, I love that they recognize that at the table and kind of, like you said, like it was an awareness of that. Mm -hmm. I, I also want to talk to you. My mom doesn't like if I ask her about stress, she's like, I don't stress. That's right. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Like, you know what I mean? So I can't even. There's one time that reminds me my mom called me probably a couple of months ago. Me and my son were laughing because I was like, watch this. I was having a really tough time. And my mom calls and she's like, how are you? Whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not, you know, I'm having a hard day. Like, it's been a hard week. It's just whatever, you know, stress. She's like, it, me and my son cracked up. She's like, stress. I was like, what did you do when you had stress? She's like, I don't get stressed. And I just, it's just, it's like, and I think that too is a hard thing for me because as much as I'm trying to be transparent and kind of say, hey, mm -hmm. not having a good day, it's just like for her. That moment, I would have been like, mom, but you do stress because remember that time I saw you crying and remember that time, you know, you was complaining that your stomach was hurting or you had headaches or whatever. Like that stress, it looks different in everybody, you know, mm, I'm going to use that. I mean, I'm going to use that. But she it's so bad that recently, like I said, she's been sick. Like I had to take her to the hospital and she kept telling me she was fine. I can mm -hmm. physically see you're not fine. Like I can physically see you in pain. And you mm -hmm. keep telling me you're not in pain. I'm seeing you flinch from, you know what I mean? When you get the pain. And I was just like, I, what is that? You know, and how I'm like, Lord, please figure out how I can <laughs> not necessarily. I know I can't fix it because I do have the Cape hero syndrome at times that I got to, I got to balance out. But how do I help her kind of manage that? I'm like, you are sick. Like if I, we got to the hospital, literally your pressure was in stroke range. Mm -hmm. I can physically see. And then when we got to the hospital, finally, she's just like, and, and she's, in, she's, she's letting it be known. Finally. She's in pain finally. Yeah. And I'm just like, I know you're in pain, mm -hmm. but I just, I, I also, I, again, I, like you said, I love the, the, the analogy of I'm the lighthouse. I'm, I'm going to use that yeah. and steal that because, yeah. And the beautiful thing about it too, is like, it stops with you, you know, that, that is the part yeah. that is, that is, that's literally, I'm about to, I'm about to almost about to cry. Yeah, That is the goal for mm -hmm. me. I'm just like, I mm -hmm. refuse for this to go past another generations. My boys yeah. will not experience their kids. Kids mm -hmm. will not experience yep. it. It literally stops with me. I just, yeah. And, and you know what, for me, like so many, again, going back to the finances thing, you know, yeah. that such a big thing for me growing up, um, because, you know, it was a typical, you know, single parent household struggled, you know, financially. Um, but there were so many financial situations that again, like I would see, and I would kind of question and I would ask questions about, and I would be met with, you know, mind your business, you know, you a kid, your job yeah. is to Ooh, that's <laughs> you ain't paying nothing up in here. <laughs> and I'm like, but the light 
often like what what's going on you know I have all these questions but again it's like you know me being silenced and I remember um this is a funny story I remember being a kid you know I was the I'm the oldest and I was you know a latchkey kid so I came home around 2 30 you know I had to take the meat out the freezer and you know get everything situated Mm -hmm. but my mom was a maniac about making sure I got the mail so when she came home from work, she wanted the mail like sitting right there on the table and it, mm-hmm. it had to be there every single day. So our routine was I would come home, I would get the mail. And if I saw a check in the mail, I had to call her and say, mom, there's a check in the mail. And she would leave work, come and get the check, cash it. And sometimes like this was a, a pretty frequent thing because that would be the difference between you know her getting off work at five o'clock, not being able to cash that check. And now the lights are off. You know, wow. so it, it really would be the difference between, you, yeah, her being able to, you know, get it in time and keeping the house afloat, you know? So she was a freak about if you, when you get home from school and you see a check in the mail, you call me so I can run out and I can cash that check and keep, you know, the house going. And so when I got older, not actually not even old, last year, this is how mm-hmm. it's still <laughs> affecting me. Last year, girl, last year, there was a big snowstorm in Jersey. And there was snow, like, like there was a couple feet of snow. And I remember in my big age, so this was last year. So I was 34 years old. So in my big age, I was outside in the snowstorm, traipsing through the snow, going to the mailbox. So there's snow up to my knees. I had on lashes. Mm -hmm. There's like flurries all on my lashes. And I get back inside the house. And mind you, I don't live with her. Like I live, you know, by myself. I was with my husband and my daughter. So it's like, I'm I'm fine. Right. But I sit down in this puddle of water around me from the snow. And I'm like, Janae, why did you do that? Why Mm -hmm. do you continue to do this? Right. You're fine. You know, there is no, you know, concept of having to hurry up and cash the check and all of that stuff for you. That wasn't your ish. That was your mom's ish. But you've taken it on. And now every single day in your big age, you still be outside getting the mail because that's what you were taught to do. You know? Wow. So, So, yeah. That's first of all, thanks for sharing that story. But that just triggered something in me. And I'm just I'm sitting over here. I'm like, Oh, my God, I think I have the financial trauma in a different way. Mm-hmm. So my parents, I had two parent household. Um, my mom was a stay at home mom. My dad really handled finances. My mom really didn't work much. She mm-hmm. took care of us for the most part, especially when we were younger. When we got older, she would have like odd jobs and watching children and that kind of thing. But the one thing I always say, finances is a, is a difficult place still to this day that I fight and struggle through. And one of the things is that I don't open mail. Mm. It yeah. like... Yeah, I, I know. I know. There is something about opening mail and I've just got... I, which I feel like I'm better with, but like answering the phone. Mm-hmm. So as a kid... My dad, of course, was the only, my dad was a welder, so it wasn't like he was making buku money or whatever. Mm -hmm. At at a time, again, I have an older brother. It was me, my younger sister, and I also had an older sister who passed away as well at some Mm -hmm. point. But So a pretty big family for him to be the only person working. And there would be times the phone would ring and it'd be like, don't answer the phone because it's a bill collector. Yeah. Yep. 
So still to this day, a lot of times, unless I know who's calling me and it's not about a bill or anything, I really, it's if just I, in you, right? it's, it's just, just, it's literally in me. If there's, and what's weird is there is, I know when I first started living on my own, um, when I had my kids, like when people would call me and I wouldn't know whose number it was, it would be instant, like, I don't know, like anxiety of like, is that some, I don't know, is that somebody who's going to like take the house or I don't, I don't know where that, well, I do know where it comes from as you, as you said that, but that and not opening mail, I would get the mail. My dad would not open the mail. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and still to this day for me, like, you know, I work from home, so I hear the mailman coming and I literally have to like make a decision, have a conversation with myself, make a decision to like not go outside immediately and get the mail. So like, I have to challenge myself, like Janae, just wait till later. Like you don't have to run and get it. And, you know, again, it's just in me to like, just want to do that. But again, having that conversation with myself, knowing that like this mail thing, you know, it's rooted in scarcity. You know, it's rooted in like your lack mindset that says, I have to go see if there's money. There might be money wow. in the mail. I have to go see. I have to go check, right? I'm I'm good financially. I'm okay. So I don't have to do that. Like I have to have that conversation with myself to stop myself from going outside every day to get the mail. Mm, that is so that thank you again. Thank you for sharing. I would love to know for the people who are listening to what traumas can they trace back to things that happen from, you know, their parental uh, yeah. folks who raised them? Because I'm sitting over here and there's like so much coming in my head. I'm like, why do you do that? Why, why do you do where did Where exactly did that come from? But that, that, that financial place is like a real thing. It, mm-hmm. It's almost so, you know, I, for my kids and again, the, it stops with me. I know when my my oldest, I think when he turned 13 or 14, I was able to like put him on my credit card and like start to teach him as much as I knew because I am not child. I am not a <laughs> guru, but I learned the hard way. And then I, I started to teach myself and put myself in spaces and places that would teach me more because my mom, my, my mom really never handled finances. So she's not great with handling money. Okay. My dad was really good at handling money, but really poor at sharing information. Okay. Mm. So mm. like, I know he had really hard times when we were younger, but he did get himself back on track. And I always kind of like, again, conversations I wish I would have been able to have with him. Yeah. I wish he would have. And I know he had the right intent in his head, but also I think back then, their mindset was like, you have to learn it for yourself. It wasn't necessarily a sharing place. So like credit and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't somewhere where he was like, for my kids, when they turned 13, I think it's 13 or 14. I think 13 maybe on Amex. And then other cards were like 14 or 15. I added them as authorized users because that was something I figured out that, okay, this is what everybody else is doing. So their kids, when they walk into college, they have a seven, 800 credit score. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like, why don't I share that with them? If I can't give you anything else, I can give you the stuff that I learned. Yeah. I think with my dad, because he grew up in this kind of like crabs in a barrel kind of environment of like, yeah, yeah like whoever gets ahead, you get ahead, but people don't help each other. Like, 
mm-hmm. but we're family. Like I, yeah. I can, I can never understand that. Like put me in a, put me in a position, not just to make more money than you, but actually invest and do other things. Like he just never, I don't know if he didn't know to share or he just, I really think part of it was just like, you got to get it on your own. I think, you know, that idea anyway is just so pervasive in our community. Just, you know, like you, you got to hustle, you got to work for, it, you got to get it. Nobody gave you anything. Nobody gave me anything. So I'm not going to give you anything. You know, like that idea has been so pervasive. But mm-hmm. what I will say is I think with our generation, you know, people are making sure again, that it ends with us. And we see that like, we are the only people that are doing stuff like this or like saying stuff like this, like, like other families, nationalities, all of them, like, you're right. They're doing the credit thing. And, you know, they're making sure that, you know, their generations behind them are set up for success where we get set up to work. Yeah. You know, like we, we really do. We set our, our families up to become workhorses. You know, we teach them, you know, you got to hustle, you got to work hard, you got to put in that time. You know, we teach our kids to work harder and not smarter, you know? So again, rooted in slavery i hate to take it there absolutely yeah absolutely yep yeah i always i had i had a I had a conversation in regards to that because i was I, you know again my mentality is it stops with me whatever i can stop it stops with me i just mm-hmm. i you know especially in the financial space my oldest son he probably has better credit than i do <laughs> I'm dead. I, I wish I was like, I'm so serious. He's mm-hmm. like, he day trades and I love that for him. Yes. I love it for him, whether he, you know, is making a whole bunch of money now or, you know, making a little bit, but I love that for him because I think it just exposes him to a whole different place mm-hmm. and space. Yeah. And for him, I'm just like, I don't want you, I get it. You may at some points throughout life work for someone else, but I don't want you to have the mindset of a worker. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care what you do own it. Like, you know, both, both of the boys play basketball. I'm like, during the pandemic, I'm like, you're too valuable and you have too much value value to just work for somebody. Yeah. He opened up his company. I'm like, even if you're not doing a whole bunch, I'll help you as much as I know. Cause I, you know, I learned on my own as well, but we gonna make sure that your kids, kids, like you, yeah. we can't, we, we have to stop that. Like we really, yeah. really do. And, and not, be afraid to share information. Like there's mm-hmm. space and room for everybody. Like, everybody. Yes. Yes. And that, you know what, that is something that like, I really try to like beat it to people. <laughs> Seriously. Like even me being an author and, and like, I never feel competition with other authors, even being a therapist, I never feel competition with other therapists because there's enough readers for all of us. There's enough, you know, therapy people that need therapy for all of us. Like if we just kind of show up in our zone of genius and do what God tells us to do and prepared us to do, your people are always going to be there. Yep. I you love know? it. I have I have something I've been telling my kids since they were younger. They finally got it probably about two years ago because they're a little older. Like, can't nobody do you like you? Like, yes, we are yes. uniquely yep. made. Like, people mm-hmm. who, you know, th- your voice is for somebody specific. Mm-hmm. There's There are people who are going to listen to you and me. There are people that are only going to listen to you. There are people that are right. only going to listen to me. Like, 
there is what 7.8 billion people in this world. Like find mm-hmm. your sphere of people and dominate that. Like you don't yep. you never have to be like you said, I love that. There's never competition. I love I'm a podcaster who love podcasts because you can't yep. do what I do. You haven't been through what I've been through and I ain't mm-hmm. been through what you've been yep. through. Yep. So Seriously. You know, like stay, you stay in your lane, do what you do and, and perfect what you do. And you never have to worry about, I, I embrace it. I would love to have other people come on. Like you said, I'm, I'm trying to be a therapist. What would it, what would it look like to be like, oh, I'm not going to have no other therapist. <laughs> come right, on. Right, like, no. Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. There's room and there's space. And for people who are listening, whatever, you know, God has set in your heart or giving you like, do it. Do not think, oh, the market's so saturated. Everybody's doing podcasts or everybody's becoming therapists or people are, you know, now in the mental health and whatever. Yeah. But your perspective, mm-hmm. your sphere that you're going to come and dominate, I can't do. Right. And there's somebody it- waiting for us. Absolutely. And I heard a a saying um, a while ago about how, you know, you see all the different types and versions of bread, right? In the grocery store, you know, and everybody has got their thing that they love and and there can be a million different things and there's going to be that thing for someone, you know? So same for you. Like, you know, you're going to be an amazing therapist and you're going to find your people, you know, and and other people too, they're going to find their thing. And their people are gonna come. Yeah, I, yeah. I hope I hope people really, really listen and hear that part because I think a lot of people sit on their gifts, just Absolutely. watching other people write books, watching other people start podcasts or you know businesses, and feeling like, oh, well, everybody's doing it, but everybody not you, boo. Mm-hmm. Everybody's not you. And I, I I always think about it like, who is like the stuff that I do, even this therapy Thursday. For me, it is seed in the ground. It is what I like to think that my my great, 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 great grandkids will one day be listening to this and be yeah. like, That's a beautiful my, my great, great grandmother was thinking of me while she was living her life. Like she literally was thinking of, you know, my life and what things would be like. And I, I, I think when people really look at their gifts, this is making me cry. Making me really look too. like that. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. When people really look at their gifts like that, it gives you such a weight of responsibility. Like our lives, we get this much time on this earth, like really. And the one thing that I've learned, even in losing my dad, is that I was not going to go to the grave full. Like everything that I'm supposed to get out that he allows me to get out, I'm going to get out. Because at some point, no different than your books, your great, great grandkids will be reading your books. Like, look at that. Like, if we really just thought like that, like we would not wait or delay in what God has told us to do. Like, in any form or fashion. Mm -hmm. So I just Mm -hmm. made my own self cry because of course I'm... No, it's beautiful. It it really is because much of what, you know, has happened to us has been, you know, from our ancestors and from our great, great, greats. And, you know, so for us to now be in a space where we can plan for our future generations, right? And know that, like, we we getting it, we getting it right, too. We getting it right. We doing it right, sis. Yes. We are getting it right. We are fixing it. There's restoration in this. And that is really what um, I want these therapy Thursdays to be like the pieces really coming back together. And I do not think it's just for us to get what we 
need to be restored, I think it's going to restore generationally what was lost in the past, like what, you know, Nana was working on or it was in her heart that she never was able to get out. Like, we're going to birth that out and restore it back to our family, to our last name, not just to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. This has been so good. I almost don't want to end this session, but this is this is the first of many. Um, I just I I, th- I thank you. I do want to leave um, the folks with a disclaimer that though this is therapeutic, this is not therapy. So if y'all need therapy, yep, y'all see if Jeanette look, see if Jeanette got any time on her or her calendar, <laughs> or if she can you know refer you to. Um, someone else. This has been mm-hmm. so good. I yeah, look yeah. forward. I look forward to many, 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 many more of these. Yes, um, and I, I'm going to speak that into existence. You like, girl, yeah, we, we, we good, we good. No, I, I love the space that you've created. You know, um, Brenda has always spoken very highly of it, and and you know, she said it gets very emotional, and I was like, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to get there, and you know, take my love for mental health, and take you know, just our spaces and our generational traumas and again knowing that just by us having this conversation it's it's stopping with us you know it's starting Mm. something new you know like those our old preconceived notions and those old like stories that have been you know so repetitive in our family they're literally stopping just because we are aware yes just because we're with change the it's the exchange place but it's changing it's changing lives i love it i love it and i'm again i'm so happy that you are here we look forward to having you is there anything any wisdom or anything you want to leave the guests with before we sign off for this Um, session just you know what there is this i think persistent idea of you know if you go to therapy you know it's it's healing you know, which it can be, but at the same time, you know, I want people to keep in mind your purpose is not healing. Okay. Your purpose is, um, actually your purpose is all of those words that we see in family dollar, live, love, laugh, (laughs) you know, like that, that is our purpose to live and to live well, to love and to love well, you know, to laugh and have light, you know, heartfelt moments, you know? So our, our goal in life is to not heal, you know, it is just to live and to live well. So we are going to have moments where, you know, we we're doing the work and we're following up and we're checking in with ourselves and we're doing all the things and really, you know, looking at ourselves with, um, with new lenses. Right. But at the same time, also no, like I, I, I'm here to live, you know, and I'm here to live well and enjoy it and also show my kids what a happy mom looks like. Right. Mm. And what mom looks like when she gets to do what she wants to do and not what she has to do or she needs to do. You know, I love that. Mm. That just blessed me. Yes. Yes. I am a reflection of that. I look at, I think the most amazing thing about therapy for me has really been the the process of it. It's not always easy, mm-hmm. um, but to be able to look back and know where I was and I can see it in myself. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like, I literally look at me and be like, oof, yeah. like the lightness and the peace. And like you said, living well, I, I always say like, you hate, I, I hate when people get, we all have it there. I don't know where your there is. <laughs> um, everybody has it there, but I got there and there didn't look like there. 
mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't I wasn't in a good place myself. Yeah. I had the money that I had always desired, the car that I wanted. I was living where I thought I was going to live, and I was not happy. I was not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we encourage y'all to, you know, hit Janae up or find your, you know, your therapist or again, she may have some resources that can, can help yep. you along the way. Um, and that's really what I want these therapy Thursdays to do to point people to people who can assist. Uh, mm-hmm. We love the exchange place therapy Thursdays, but you know, somebody who can walk you through living well and right. loving right. well yep. and being well overall. Mm-hmm. So I just thank you. I'm excited. <laughs> this was a great beginning, and we will see you next week. We out of here, y'all.